You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Friday, so it's time for the weekly rep. This week, the weekly rep is populated by Arnu Smith from Sky Blue Fund Managers after a lengthy absence for various reasons. Arnu, before we get into um, your absence and also what's gone on in a, in a busy week on the JSC and in South Africa and indeed overseas, um, I understand it's, it's quite moist down there in Somerset West. Yeah, it's pouring. It's, uh, it's uh, rivers down the road, basically. Um, yeah, look, it's, it started raining early this morning and um, it hasn't stopped. And it's, it's actually, it's pouring down. It's not only, uh, you know, light rain. So, yeah, no, we, we should be very thankful. Um, dam levels definitely is going to pick up and hopefully it moves around to the east coast side as well because I think they still got a severe drought on that side. They haven't uh, received all the rain we've got in Cape Town. So, yeah, hopefully this one moves around to, to their side as well. Yes, hope so. But one thing I will notice is the date on my screen here says the 25th of October. So this is unusual. And what since I've been in South Africa, or when I was in South Africa, I was there for 28 years, I reckon the seasons have, have shift because of cli- shifted because of climate change, maybe by as much as a month, month and a half. In other words, summer is arriving later, etc., and the knock-on effect of all that. Yeah, look, I think you just need to speak to some of the farmers in the area and they would tell you exactly the same thing. I mean, the harvest is happening later and later or earlier and earlier. It depends on what you're harvesting. Um, so, yeah, I think if you've got a point there, it's maybe something we need to look into and do some research on. Um, but it does feel like it. Um, I saw a memory or a you know, memory on somebody's Facebook, um, and it was exactly a year or two ago when we had uh, flood, flooding in, in Somerset West as well. So yeah, I think there is definitely a point to be made for for seasons moving or shifting, and um, maybe we now becoming a summer <laughs> a summer rain area, and 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 uh, maybe then that. I suppose it means Gauteng becomes a, a winter rain area. That would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, really. It's, uh, but anyway, it does have many, many implications for particularly the agricultural industry. Now, have you been away on holiday or have you been away to one of your regular trips to London? And if so, what came out of that? No, I had, I had one, one, one trip away in, in Thailand, which was obviously a holiday and not yes. work <laughs> um, or pleasure. And um, yeah, just, just busy at, in the office as well. So yeah, that's why I have been absent. Okay. Uh, no particular reason, just a bit of holiday as well. Very good. Okay. Well, in that case, let's move on to the JSC week. We're almost concluded mm-hmm. and it's been peppered with results and updates. But let's start with the economy and start with CPI. Do you remember about two years ago, we started talking about CPI coming down rather than going up? Everyone was calling it up mm. and we said no. Mm. And there's no demand. The RAND is relatively stable. The oil price is under control. This thing's coming down. Here we are at 4.1% CPI, 4% core. Mm, exactly, yeah. So I think we spot on, took a while to get there, but it seems as though we're now moving in the right direction. Um, look, I think there's a couple of things one needs to, 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 to put into that number or that goes into that number that's important. The one is obviously the oil price. Um, we've given the, the global backdrop. Um, it doesn't look as though the oil price is going to shut up. I mean, we've had some geopolitical tensions, and not even that can push the world price up, um, it seems. So the world price hovering around 60, 58 thereabout. And then also the rand, which is, which is unbelievably strong, um, given where we are and given the concerns in, 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 in the media. You know? So um, I think a couple of things has happened. The one is, is ESCOM debt or SOE debt, which has been restructured somewhat and um, government uh, backup or backed by government now. 
um, that that's slightly different, and I think it gives some kind of comfort to market participants, especially foreign investors. And then secondly, that, that feeds into that rand, uh, strength is obviously we are awaiting the um, medium-term budget uh, towards the end of the month, so next week actually, um, and we would have further indications of what the government's going to do about, about the SOEs. I mean, there's, there's rumours around a stake being taken up in SAA, ESCOM um, might be split up into different uh, entities, so we'll hopefully have much more clarity after next week. Um, but I think there's a sort of in anticipation, but also what has happened. And then one, one shouldn't forget, the, I mean, globally, there's a lot happening. So the RAND is very much driven by global events more so than local events. And um, if you look at the dollar index, the dollar is also slightly weaker over the month. So I think it's it's got more to do with global events than it has to do with South Africa, SA only, or SA Inc., if you want to call it that. Um, and, and you can see the flows into the bond market as well. So... Uh, one has to remember that the real yield on our bonds is now very, very attractive. Given the, the decline in inflation, it makes it even more attractive. So yes. one can expect the rand to probably keep on strengthening or at least stay at these levels and bond yields also to, to move down. And then on the back of that, if, if that persists, then obviously you'll have lower and lower inflation. Almost feels like a 2003-2004 type of scenario. Uh, although the government, uh, the, the SA's finances is not exactly the same. We all know that. So what we now need is, is, is for government to really now step up and, and, and you know, put to, to, to work what they've been proposing. And, um, yeah, hopefully we'll see that next week. Um, we did a whole video last week um, with Russell Lamberti from ETM Macro Advisors. Yes. So if anybody wants to go and watch it, and, and the whole purpose of the video was actually just to go, Try and give a summary of what's happening in the world, and video ended up being half an hour, I think. So it just gives you an indication of how how fragile the world is currently. And it's, you know, I said it during the video, I made the comment, I said, it's, it's not so much driven by market participants and market movements. And normally it's markets that's volatile. And markets are normally volatile, they, they must be volatile, otherwise they don't work. Um, but the volatility is actually, or the uncertainty is more so from a geopolitical point of view. Um, a lot of binary events that's on the go. Um, you've got the US, is it recession, is it not a recession? You've got Europe in pretty much the same uh, space, although I think they are now clearly heading towards recession it seems like it if you look at the german numbers and then you've got the trade tensions and china now retaliating even it's now just getting worse and worse and then you've got brexit uh, which is a complete basket case at this point in time i mean yeah. it's so there's quite a bit happening around the world and then you throw in hong kong which is clearly now also becoming a, a geopolitical point of, of interest where the U.S. is making some comments and China is retaliating with opposite viewpoints. So, yeah, look, the, the world is, is definitely in an in a, in a uncanny place and it's, it's, not, it's not all, all well and, and, and stable, um, but we have these periods from time to time. And I think it, they normally happen when you have a, a lag in or, or a turn down in economic growth. Then you have a lot of this, uh, these issues coming coming to the fore. And we have exactly that. Um, although it might not be in the GDP numbers, I think if you look at manufacturing numbers across the, the, the globe, we're definitely in a, in a very uh, tight slowdown in terms of manufacturing. And that's where the German numbers come from, obviously. Predominantly vehicle-driven. 
but it's uh, i mean if you, if you look at the bigger picture it's 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 uh, production driven it's manufacturing driven and the same thing in, in china exactly the same thing they've got a contraction in manufacturing and the same thing in the states yes yeah, so what about so, the other thing as well as another indication you're talking about the manufacturing side i'm going to now talk about moving that menu those manufactured goods around the world if you look at the baltic index i think it's hit a two-year mm-hmm. low and that measures freight rates essentially now um, yep. it's not an absolutely accurate barometer of world trade but another piece of anecdotal evidence i have to back up a slowing of world trade is the fact that the port of Rotterdam is apparently selling off all non-core assets at the moment because um, the, the 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 revenue it gets from ships coming in and out is simply not as high as it was. And so, and again, that's just anecdotal. If anyone from the port is listening, then you can correct me. But there is a slowdown. It's very simple. And look at the China GDP numbers, as you said, down at um, 27 and yep, a half yes. year low. Yeah. So, so, so those Baltic numbers is, is very interesting. Um, and remember... Uh, we we had the the turn down in the in the Baltic index, and that was due to oversupply of of ships, basically. Um, but which obviously coming out of two thousand and seven to uh, towards two thousand and eight, you had that sharp turn down in the Baltic index. But this time around, you can't make that argument because it's not as though there's an oversupply. We've, there's been a very slow, but yet consistent cut in supply. Um, so, so this is definitely a turn down in, in manufacturing, a turn down in trade, like you've said. Um, yeah, so we, uh, it feels like a recession, although the GDP numbers doesn't show it yet. So uh, I, I don't know what, what's keeping the GDP numbers up. It's probably more retail um, that's keeping it up. If you look at the states, um, employment market is still very strong with jobless claims at an all-time low still. Um, but yet, if you, if you delve a bit deeper, the data coming out out of the U.S. is, is very, uh, it's, it's very convoluted. So you've you've got this, you, you've you've got this jobless claims which which looks very good, but then you've got other numbers which doesn't look as good, which actually looks appalling. So uh, you know, durable goods orders is down, um, uh, house numbers are down, uh, yet you've got factory uh, activity. Uh, which is up in the, in, in the U.S., but that's on a month-on-month basis. So one should be taking a very longer-term, medium-term trend and try and do something with that. Then look at month-to-month. Yeah. So so we definitely it seems that it seems like almost like an economy that's got two parts to it. You've got the retailer, which is trying, or the consumer, which is looking as though it's got a slight recovery, and and that feeds into the some of the numbers we're seeing on the JSE as well. Um, but yet you've got this big picture playing out with manufacturing and trade just coming to a halt almost. Um, yeah, so it, it would be interesting to see what happens a month or two from now. Yes, and now let's go to the corporate side of things and see how the economy and the local economy and the world economy has affected JSC Inc. Now, we can't go through everything, uh, but the ones I picked out was... A couple of the Anglo stables, notably Kumba Iron Ore, obviously the retailers mm. boosted by pick and pay, a couple of other things. We've just seen AB InBev, for example, come out with their results. And really, mm. really taken so badly by the market. The market are mm. currently punishing it to the tune of 10%, and that's a lot for a massive, massive company. So things are going on. What caught your eye, good side and a bad side? Yeah, look, I've, I've, I think one, one, one needs to start with, with expectations. Uh, we're seeing a lot of this in the, in the U.S. with their earnings season, earnings season in full play now. Um, some of the companies is, is just, just beating estimates and then the market uh, appreciates that and it pushes up the price substantially. And then you get some of them who's actually got positive numbers but 
they're below estimate and the market just punishes them. So it's definitely a market that's looking very skittish. Um, uh, in, in the U.S., for example, the estimates is, is very, very low. So analyst estimates is very negative. So it's not that difficult to beat estimates, I suppose. Um, <laughs> but yeah. We, we were, if, if we look locally, I think the one thing which is very important, and uh, a lot of people in South Africa has got shareholding in this, is an aspiration process. Ah, oh, yes. Um, we, we've seen that uh, they've taken a huge knock, um, um, and, and they've made a play for Just Eat, which is a rather big acquisition for them through process, um, which makes them then the biggest play, if it were to happen, the biggest play in that space. But if if we take a again, you know, I think one should always try and take a step back. It's difficult when your money is invested in these companies, but you try and take a step back and you look at the bigger picture. SoftBank's fund, which is similar to to a Nasdaq, but it's in a fund, so it's a different vehicle, and not obviously not the same investments. Um, they there's a rumor out on Bloomberg or an article out on Bloomberg, and it says it's through a private source or whatever the case. And it seems as though they they uh, they might be doing a big write-off on their holdings. Um, so it, sh- it shows you something about the tech space. Yeah. Um, those lofty valuations might be coming to an end. Um, their bright time seems as though it's based on WeWork and, and Uber, which is different to what Nasdaq has got. But I think the point with, in the tech space is that we've had this um, very growth-orientated um, lofty prices. So. Uh, you don't have to pay me dividends. You don't have to even produce profits as long as you, you can show me there's, there's revenue growth and there's customer acquisition. So the customer base gets bigger because that's how this model works. Um, then I'm willing to, to pay a higher price because I'll get a payoff somewhere in the future. So you're sort of betting that you'll get a payoff in the future. So you're betting on the unknown. And now with Uber and WeWork, it looks as though that payoff might be further out or it might not happen. Um, and customers, well, investors are concerned that they might not be getting the cash back. So there's cash flow, but the cash flow aren't coming back to the investor. So I do think, um, and I've spoken to a manager in, in Hong Kong that invests in Hong Kong listed, uh, listed tech shares, um, and they started cutting their exposure dramatically. Um Based on 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 earnings outlook, um, you know, decline in earnings, and I think one should always remember that if, if whether it's Uber, whether it's WeWork, all these things are related to trade. All these things are related to manufacturing in some kind of way. Yeah, they make them more efficient. But if there's no trade, then these things, these almost want to say second uh, second level economy, whatever you third level economy, tech economy, whatever you want to call it, yes. um, that's also not going to work because. It needs a product to be sold for this to work. Um, if there's no products sold, then basically they're not going to make the, the revenue growth that they forecasted. So I think we, we, we're in an interesting space when it comes to tech, and it's it's worthwhile keeping an eye on your nice patient process exposure. I'm not saying you should sell. I'm just saying just be wake up and, and have a have a look and take a bigger picture as to what's happening in the globe um, when it comes to yes, tech. Yes, the big tech stocks are coming out this week. We've, I think we've had Microsoft already. Mm, Amazon stock. is out, and I suppose yes. Amazon – 
sort of on on oh, more or less on on a te- well a bound well, as one can call it a tech stock mm-hmm. a tech consumer stock whatever you want to call yes, it, it definitely and is. Um, their numbers isn't great so if that's the start and if it if it if it keeps on going like that it might not be a great space to be in but yeah having said that uh, you know like I said consumer is, is the guy that buys and yet you get pick and pay and clicks coming out with which I thought was very good numbers given the economic backdrop. Um, and uh, the market obviously supports this. If you look at the price movement in both those shares and retailers, we've seen a, a bit of a pickup in them. Um, so, again, um, those companies pay you a dividend. Uh, Clicks is actually paying a very nice dividend back out of cash. Um, and they, pay, they pay you a dividend and they make profits. So there's an actual profit, the positive cash flow to pay dividends out of. And it seems as though the market likes that. Um, and, and I think this is somewhat surprising. I, I don't think a lot of uh, market participants were expecting these types of numbers out of retailers. Yeah. Yet, if you, if you spoke to some of the logistics companies behind the retailers, they were saying that trade in the second half of the year is actually much better than what we had in the first uh, half of the year. And it might be surprising when it, when, when it comes to earnings. Very um, good. Which one do you prefer out of those? We've just got five minutes left, Arnu. Did you prefer the pick and pay numbers or the clicks numbers? I would prefer pick and pay um, just based on evaluation um, basis because, you know, clicks are so expensive and it's, it's a very, very good story. That turnaround story is unbelievable what they've done um, with the pharma logistics behind it and all of that. So you get a bit of diversification. But just in terms of valuation, I think pick and pay, I would rather prefer having pick and pay than a clicks at this stage. Okay. I would take my dividends out of clicks and reinvest it into pick and pay. Let's put it that. <laughs> Very good advice. Now, just finally, Amazon stock plunged more than 7% in after-hours trading yeah. after the e-commerce giant reported third-quarter earnings, which fell short of street expectations. The re- company mm-hmm. reported earnings per share of $4.23, but analysts surveyed by one particular company we're expecting it for 62. So, yeah, if Amazon is anything to go by, it tells you that the consumer is under pressure or the estimates were, were too lofty or these big fang stocks are now suddenly falling out of favour and it's not going to cause a crash in the market, but it certainly might stop the S&P from breaking through the all-time high, from which it's only around about 0.4% away, I might add. Mm-hmm. No, I fully agree. Look, they are, the S&P is still trading at, at- Fairly lofty uh, multiples. Uh, I think in any any estimate that that beats expectation that doesn't beat expectation is probably going to get uh, slaughtered, um, like we've seen with Amazon. Um, and and you know the, the Amazon started off on a lofty um, valuation. So if and and it, again it feeds into that growth company. If a growth company disappoints, we've seen it with a, with a Aspen. We've seen it with a lot of growth companies. As soon as you start disappointing, the market hates you. And, um, you know, then the whole story of hope is gone. And I think we're seeing some of that in, in, in the tech space. That's why I'm saying I, I would keep an eye on it. I'm not saying you should go and sell all your Nasdaq. I'm just saying just be aware of it and, uh, you know, try and get all the facts and then make a, make a decision based on that. Arnu, thanks so much for your insight. That's Arnu Smith from Sky Blue Fund Managers in Somerset West. And that was the weekly wrap. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za. Visit strictlybusinesspodcast.com and subscribe to receive exclusive content straight to your inbox.